0: To recovery Step by step
1: To the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group. To prepare for our Big Book Study, let's get focused by having a three minute moment of silent meditation followed by the fog light prayer. Um, good evening, everybody. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Mike Chase. And I'm a, re- Oops. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Fred. Hi, Fred.
2: Thanks for joining us tonight. We're going to start that there meditation in a couple moments. So please take
1: a moment to get situated, spread out a little bit, get comfortable, but not too comfortable. Please turn off all devices that make noise. or will distract others for the duration of the meeting. Oops. Sorry about that, Fred. You got yours. Uh, the coffee area will be closed for this portion of the meeting as to minimize distractions. If you, want, you Please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting back down. Um, for the meditation,
2: some suggestions are focus on your breath and posture. Breathe in, God. Hold it in there. Let, it, let it Sort of just marinate in your lungs a little bit and then... Blow it out with some focus on that for three minutes and guarantee you'll be in such a state of relaxation. You'll be open for much learning.
1: Take this time to get reconnected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away and ask God to help you stay focused on the study tonight.
2: So we're keeping the bright lights off that we're just going to say keep it cool and dim in here. All right, Fred. Answer you guys in two minutes. Enjoy your time with God. <sighs>
3: Du dir tot hätte
2: God, let your love shine through me
1: like, like a, a fog, fog light so those who are, are lost, sick, and dying and can find, find your love through us. Amen. Have
2: we have our secretary for, and that would be Scott. Scott.
1: Welcome,
4: Scott. Can you hear me well? After uh, six months, Mike finally told me how to use this microphone correctly. Hi, I'm Recovered Alcoholic Secretary Scott. Hi, Scott. Scott. In keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group should be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets are now going around. I have asked Brandon to read, the no- to read the recovered statement. We read this notice to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering, and what it exactly means to be a recovered alcoholic. Yeah, Brandon. Come on up, Brandon. <laughs>
5: I'm Brandon. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Brandon. Recovered. We are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered, but not cured. The pre- that presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of the alcoholic sinners in his mind rather than in the body. We are now sane where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. Thank you.
4: We believe in sponsorship here, 1940s-style big-book sponsorship from forward to the second edition, Alcoholics Anonymous, of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried. 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe and experience is that, that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75% plus success rate. In the back is nobody. They are there to help you with CDs, mugs, big print, let's see, big books, little red books, dictionaries, and assorted CDs and stuff. Thank you, Vinny. Uh, I have a couple of announcements. I know that some of you went to Fellowship of the Spirit this weekend. I trust that was good. I saw some pictures on Facebook. This is a reminder the next Thursday is Allie B's last session. There will be a Coney Island hot dog oh. extravaganza starting at 6 o'clock. That's
2: actually at, on the 4th of July.
4: 4th of July, Not Thursday. This, uh,
2: yeah. That Tuesday is Thursday. Right? Is away.
4: A week from Thursday. Yeah, next,
2: next yeah. Thursday.
4: Yeah, next Thursday. 4th of July. Okay, 4th of July. <laughs> There's also a bus or something going down to the beach afterwards for fireworks and all that. And then the following Thursday, Peter M. starts his 12-step series. Timelines, if you want to get to know us better, help us set up this room. We meet at 5.30 every Monday. At 6.30, it's Coffee and Conversation. At 7.12, <laughs> at 712 it's, uh, let's see, the bells go off and the Road to Recovery tune starts. We ask you to be in your seats at 7.15, ready to chant it down with the monks. Hope you hear something good tonight. We'll see you next Monday.
2: Thanks, Thank Scott. you. Also, this weekend is the Chapters of Recovery event going down way down in South Miami. If you guys want information on
1: that, talk to this guy. From the 4th to the 1st edition of Alcoholics Anonymous, we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book and of this group. Precisely? Precisely. (laughs) From their
2: solution, also from the big book. It's a tremendous fact for every one of us that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out which we can absolutely agree upon and which you can join in brotherly and harmonious
1: action. This is the great news that this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. This is an open meeting and as such, all who have an interest in alcoholism and our program of recovery are welcome because this is an open meeting you need not identify yourself, nor your reason for being here if you do not wish to do so. Your anonymity will be protected. We ask that you protect ours. I just remembered we have new traditions starting tonight. We do. I'm, like, really excited for that. We cool. do. Can I see a show of hands of people
2: joining us for the very first time? Who's never, ever been here? Great. We got a couple of people. Yeah,
0: welcome. The Glad back.
2: you're here. Um, we have people on either side of you that will help sort of figure out and get you through the, the weeds. Can I see a show of hands of the recovered alcoholics in the room? And keep your hands up, you guys. If your hands not up, I suggest you talk to the folks whose hands are. They'll get you connected to God, and you can start helping people and live happy, joyous, Just and free. Bingo!
1: While this is an open meeting, membership in this group is limited to those who wish to recover from alcoholism and have a desire to stop drinking for good and all. Each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is a potential sponsor of a new member. And should clearly recognize the obligations and duties of such responsibilities. So everybody should have a big book in front of you. If you don't raise your hand, we
2: will get one run to you. Great job welcoming committee. Everybody got one.
1: Before, Before we begin, begin our, our study, study of the... <laughs> You me a soda. Big book tonight. Um, last week, we reviewed Tradition 12. 12, wrapped it all up. Tonight, we Ooh. have a special guest, Ryan Kay. He's here to do the first Tradition. Welcome, Ryan. For the, the Ryan. first next 12 weeks.
2: So, to help along, so let's all refer to, in the this big fat book, this is called Unabridged, because it's the entire thing, page 562. Actually, I think they, they talk about them before that. And then in the skinny mini with the, the that's are called the bridge books, 177. He's going to read the short form, the long form. He's also going to do an introduction onto the steps, too, I believe. Yeah. So, hi, Ryan. Hi. Hi. You I'm, speak loud and into the fuzzy part.
6: I'm Ryan. I'm an alcoholic.
2: Hey, Ryan. And, uh.
6: Yes, yeah, so I'm going to do the, uh, the introduction to the traditions on page 177 verse. Uh, so, to those now in its fold, Alcoholics Anonymous has made the difference between misery and sobriety, and often the difference between life and death. AA can, of course, mean just as much to unaccounted alcoholics not yet reached. Therefore, no society of men and women ever had a more urgent need for continuous effectiveness and permanent unity. We alcoholics see that we must work together and hang together, else most of us will finally die alone. The 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous are, we AAs believe, the best answers that our experience has yet given to those ever-urgent questions. How can AA best function, and how can AA best stay whole and so survive? On the next page, AA's 12 traditions are seen in their so-called short form, the form in general use today. This is a condensed version of the original long form, AA's traditions as first printed in 1946, because the long form is more explicit, and of possible historic value, it is also reproduced. Reproduced. Um, so, yeah, so over the next 12 weeks, uh, we're going to just be reading a set of guidelines uh, that Bill Wilson came up with to ensure the safety of the groups as a whole. Um, part of those traditions were expressed in the forward to the first edition uh, written in 1939, um, but they didn't appear in their entirety until 1946 in an excerpt published in The Grapevine uh, called 12 Points to Assure Our Future. Um, And then in 1953, he wrote the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, which we're all familiar with. Um, So I'm going to read the short form first. Uh, Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. And then in the long form, each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is but a small part of a great whole. AA must continue to live or most of us will surely die. Hence, our common welfare comes first. But individual welfare follows close afterward. Um, Something that really stuck out with me with this tradition uh, is just the idea of humility. Um, I mean, it says right off the bat that we're but a small part of a great whole. Um, And I I don't think that many of us have much experience being a small part of anything. Um, You know, like we, a lot of us were big disappointments or huge failures, and most of us were cyclones ripping through the lives of others. Um, So... I just think that uh, if selfishness and self-centeredness was the root of our pro- of our troubles, then living this selfless tradition can kind of present a problem to some of us. Um, so it got me thinking about, like, what would happen if this tradition wasn't being practiced? Um, and like, I, I don't know, like, was, would there just be anarchy? Uh, you know, like what what goes on in that situation? So fortunately, the answer to that is no. Um, so I found some information in language of the heart. And for those of you who aren't familiar, it's just a collection of Bill Wilson's grapevine writings. Um, So this is from an excerpt called The Individual in Relation to AA as a Group, and he wrote this in July of 1946. Um, Anarchists at heart, they could not conform to our society, and because our society did not conform to them, they quit, but only temporarily. Over the years, most of these so-called failures have returned often becoming magnificent members. We never ran after them. They returned of their own accord. Um, So this really hit close to home for me because I know when I first came into this program, I was more concerned with what I would get out of it as opposed to what I could bring to it um, or what I could contribute. And eventually, I ended up paying the price for my motives, but luckily for me, the group was still here when I was ready to come back, when I was prepared. Um, And it's because of traditions like this one. Um, And I think that's going to be true for generations to come also, Uh, so hence protecting the individual welfare. Um, And I think it's important to remember that these aren't laws to govern AA, Um, much like the steps. They're just suggestions based off of experience. Um, Nowhere does it say in any of them that you have to do something or that that you must. uh, Instead, it says should and ought to. Um, I think Bill was really smart when he wrote these because he knew – that as alcoholics, we wouldn't accept a list of rules or laws. I mean, we, we break laws. Um, so besides, laws are based on fear anyway, and these traditions are based on love. So, um, you know, love for alcoholics anonymous, love for waking up today sober, and most importantly, love for each other. So that's all I've got for Tradition 1.
7: Fred? What, what Wow.
2: Good going there, sir. Time and effort was put into that presentation. Thank you very much. He
1: put love into that, didn't he? Oh, that was Thanks, so Ryan. In order to help us stay focused as we begin the big book study, that where we're at? we yeah. use the big book study guide prepared by Joe and Charlie and Krusty Cliff of the Dallas Primary Purpose Group. So I have
2: selected for our reader tonight Marina. She's going to come on up and yeah. she's going to be reading some selected.
1: Thank you. haven't seen her for a while. Welcome back with some love. Tonight, after the page is read, we are going to ask questions from the podium, starting back at the top of page 130-ish, bottom Park. of 132. Um, the answers will be one sentence unless otherwise specified, and multi-part questions are simply a one-sentence answer split up by commies, semicolons, hyphens, and other fun bits of punctuation. Commies? Comm- Did I say commies? Commas again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Basically, the thing is what Fred tried to say is that we're going to have, Mariana's going to, Marina's going to read, <laughs> Marina's going to read our selected readings tonight from the podium. And then we're going to re-dissect that information through using a question and answer format. Notice how the language in the questions gives us new light in which to consider the study material.
1: You might be asking why this is important. This is important because hearing the question and rereading the content offers a definite way of comprehending the material covered. After we have completed the page, we open up for comments, questions, and observations based on what we have just read. If you have spiritual experience with this information, you are free to share.
2: However, Big Book is not therapy. Should you begin going down a squirrel hole of something non-related to what we just read, Marina will gladly correct that. Um, do not be offended when she cuts that conversation short. For that purpose, we have fellowship meetings before and after our study time. You know, the whole purpose of fellowship is for each of us to share, have shared experiences in life and outside there. We come here to learn the book, to be more effective sponsors, and to know the book better. It's that fellowship time before and after. We meet friends that might have similar experiences, and we can share that one-on-one rather than doing a fist step from a podium or something like that.
1: You can never go wrong by commenting on the page, which brings us to one of the words of the co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous, sobriety, freedom from alcohol through the teaching and practice of the 12 steps is the sole purpose of any Alcoholics Anonymous group. Where are we, Fred? Um, 70-something odd weeks ago, we started. 74, I think. 74.
2: Yeah. Yeah. On page zero, because well, right now we're in the forwards, which is going to, or excuse me, uh, the family afterward. But once, like Fred said, 74 weeks ago, we started in the, the preface and the forwards to, to give us an opportunity to find out what this program or what this fellowship and program College Anonymous, is all about. Some historical information, how it got started, why it got started, some information of its infancy, growth and troubles and tribulations and the success story. So, So we have an opportunity to say, this is something I think I might be comfortable with. But there's always that disease concept we cannot forget, and we cover that in
1: the... the doctor's opinion. In the doctor's opinion, after you learn a little bit about where we come from, how we got started, you get to learn a little bit what we suffer from. And it talks about a threefold disease, mind, body, and spirit. Mind being the mental obsession, spirit being the disconnection from God. The best way you can describe that is like the hole in the soul. Um, and the allergy, which is the phenomenon of craving, which is the manifestation of the allergy. Um, it also talks about, I always say this, it always talks about working with another alcoholic right away. What does that look like? Well, you know, the greatest thing about
2: Alcoholics Anonymous is we have shared stories, we have shared experience. So we have a chapter called Bill Story, where we take the alcoholism, bring it to life. We take the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous and bring it to life, so we know what it looks like. Bill Story is often referred to as a classic 12-step call. It gives the person the information about alcoholism. They discover whether they're one of us or they're not one of us. We, we bring them to a point of, I'm, I'm literally really screwed. I have no choice. Well, we have a solution, and they, we're slightly introduced to the solution in a general way
1: in bill's story but we have a more in-depth chapter called there's a solution so you kind of get a little synopsis of what the solution is in bill's story at the end of it and then you jump into what the solution is if you agree you're an alcoholic it's time to move forward and the solution is a spiritual experience and you need something more than human power to produce that essential psychic change and that is a spiritual experience, right? Which we find
2: out about, and there's a solution. Yes. You know, and a lot of people, you know, think that that's quite an extreme amount of work to do. So we're going to give you some more information about alcoholism. As a matter of fact, we got a chapter called "More About Alcoholism," which basically introduces you to what happens to an alcoholic if they do not continue with the form, the, the program of action. Knowing that you're an alcoholic doesn't treat alcoholism. Thinking about the solution doesn't treat you from alcohol. Actually doing it. So we have this whole chapter that shows what a bunch of well-thought-out people with, with the inability to actually do the program looks like. So we're brought to a position of like, I need to do this. I'm going to do this. But I do got some
1: problems with God. But we got a whole chapter called We Agnostics. You're really good at the transitions. I know. I'm good at something. Okay. So We Agnostics, it, it pins you in a corner and it kind of says, who are you to say there's, there's not a higher power? Um, it's going to challenge what you think you know. It's going to challenge what you do know. It's going to allow you to have a new experience with maybe a new higher power. and It's going to kind of get you comfortable with that. And then after that, we have a chapter that sets you up. That's called how it works. But to take a moment, the conception you had with
2: God on page zero. Did it change by the time you got to how it works? Absolutely. You found yourself Absolutely. in a position where you're willing to make a decision to do something different in your life, right? right. Which is a third-step decision. I make a decision to turn my will, which is my thinking, and my life, which is my actions, over to the care and God understanding, your understanding, not my understanding, not his understanding, which is basically, and the way I looked at it is like, I'm going to stop thinking like a doo do do a knucklehead, and I'm going to start stop acting out like a knucklehead. That's my intention, but how can I do that if I don't know what's actually blocking me from God? So we have a fourth step, which reviews my resentments, my, my fears, my sex conduct, and my harms to others, which is the stuff that keeps me from living in the present and having a healthy relationship with God. We do that. I write it down on paper, and I think I, I, think I got it, so we take it to another person. And it's about time for me to go into some
1: a fifth step, which is into action. Um, So you kind of have this mountain, which is the force that blocking you from God, and then you have seven steps in one chapter, and that takes that mountain away, so you're standing in the sunlight of the Spirit, and it all starts with the fifth step. You sit down with your sponsor, usually, uh, pastor, whatever you decide it is, and you do a fifth step, and this person is going to come up with the list of character defects who's guided by God. They're going to kind of lead you the way a little bit, and then once you do a five, six, seven, you can do eight and nine, and eight and nine is making a men's list. And then going out and repairing the damage done in the past. After that, we have some daily directions to kind of keep that mountain clear from you and God. And it's our daily work. And it's waking up, having a little God breakfast, spending your day with God, putting on the spiritual armor of God. And then you go to, uh, we're still on 10-11. And then you do your nightly. You have your nightly inventory. I think it's page 87. It has 12 questions you're supposed to fill out every night. And you send that to your sponsor. You know, and what, what Fred's talking about, the actual
2: act of having a spiritual experience, whether it's the white light experience or it's a, an educational variety over time, you know, developing a relationship with God is not all that hard. You know, it, it's God. He, he, we're his children, right? The hard part is keeping that, keeping that relationship open, keeping my life free of blockage to God, how I don't become a lying, cheating, student, in low-life self-centered, inconsiderate, backstabbing, due to again. How do I do that? So that's what steps 10 and 11. And the best way to do that is working with others. Because I'm working with somebody. we got a whole chapter on that. When I'm working with somebody and we're talking about what's going on in their lives, I immediately go like, well, I'm kind of doing that. Not to the extreme he's doing that, but I'm kind of doing that too. So by me working with another helps me more than they even think they're helping each other. So I've got this opportunity to work with others. Which the chapter itself is basically in itself just how to have a real good twelve-step call, how to how to meet somebody, how to let them determine you know if they're alcoholic, how to introduce them to the program a little bit, and then hopefully get them in the book, get them connected to God. And once we're corrected, then we have to go out and fix the lives of the people who we screwed up. And for a lot of people, the most people, the most important people we screwed up is a chapter called to wives, or husbands, or boyfriends, or girlfriends, or family Any, members, anyone that
1: deals with an alcoholic. So. I like to wives. You can kind of take to wives, and it's talking to the wife, but you could take it to anyone who is dealing with an alcoholic. And what it kind of does is it, it describes maybe if you are dealing with an alcoholic, it lists out different types, but it also has a solution to every problem they have, just like this book. So it's very similar to working with others. It's really a good read. If you, it's like um, read that with your sponsor. That
7: it,
2: it's more like the it's like a master's degree in sponsorship. It helped me as a sponsor to deal with people who are in relationships who are. It gave me information I had not known, and it also gave me an opportunity to see myself as I'd never seen myself. You know, seeing me from the other side of the window, what I really looked like, and how I affected other people. And the cool thing about that is there's other people. You know, we have a chapter called the family afterward. After word, as an after what? After we found out about this program of Alcoholics Anonymous. How is a family supposed to react? How do they present this to get to dad? How do they present themselves now that dad's starting to change? What are some expectations they have, whether they're legitimate or not legitimate? And how to behave when dad's good or dad's goes off on a tangent and stuff like that. Information that these people have never known before. Because remember, there had been no solution for alcoholism before this point. This is, this is just new territory for family members of Alcoholics Anonymous. And that's where we're at today. We're going to wrap that up today. And, and we've been doing it for about six weeks now. So we're going to take a moment. We're going to go back to the... Before every chapter, uh, Crusty Cliff and those guys did a little quick uh, three paragraphs on what the chapter's about. So instead of going into an in-depth uh, review of what the family afterward is like we're going to just do a quick little introduction, and then we're going to take it out. And it's kind of
1: warm in here tonight, ain't it? It is. Yeah. The family is honest. Pages one twenty two. By the way, this isn't in your books. This is in the, the workbooks from the guys. The chapter is for the whole family. The alcoholic has found the program of Alcoholics Anonymous as a solution for his problems. The family has found the programs of Al-Anon, Alateen, and/or Preteen as a solution to their problems. All is going well in the relationships within the respective fellowships and in the world in general, except for one of the most important places, and that is in the home. As was pointed out in the preceding chapter, when drinking ends, all the problems do not. Before proceeding with the study of the material in this chapter,
2: go back to page 116 and begin reading to the middle of the page. Continue reading to the end of chapter to refresh your thinking. We're not going to do that because that was like 15 pages. Chapter 9, the family afterward chose each family member. Let me read this. The family afterward shows each family member how to apply the 12 steps to family life and thereby bring about return of peace, harmony, and love to the family unit. Hence,
1: everyone in the family, we suggest, get involved in the program. Benefits from it. Yeah. Every member of Alcoholics Anonymous and Al-Anon should be knowledgeable of the information contained in this chapter. It is truly a design for living.
2: It is sort of cool to have the family on the same page, don't you think? You know, dad's out there doing this stuff and they're on a totally different page. It's nice to know at least where dad's coming from. They may not want to become, you know, black belt Al-Anons and Alateens and stuff like that. But it's really important to them to see what's going on so they can relate and understand dad's new behavior. Hi. How's that going over there? 129. Fix your mic. I'll go fix your mic. What, did it break? I don't
8: know.
7: It's working. working?
2: This is the mic she's just talking in. Hold it just a minute. You've got such cute cheeks.
7: (laughs) There
2: you go. We're going to have you read. So the actual questions start at the bottom of 132, but we're going to tee up on page diddly doo. Um 129, if the family cooperates, the second full paragraph. And we read up a little bit so we get a little bit into the stream of what's going on so we just don't get hit with this stuff. Okay. So when you're ready, sunshine. All right. What's your name?
8: Marina, recovered alcoholic.
2: Hi, Marina.
8: If the family cooperates, dad will soon see that he is suffering from a distortion of values. He will perceive that his spiritual growth is lopsided, that for an average man like himself, a spiritual life which does not include his family obligations may not be so perfect after all. If the family will appreciate that dad's current behavior is but a phase of his development, all will be well. In the midst of an understanding and sympathetic family, these vagaries of dad's spiritual infancy will quickly disappear. The opposite may happen should the family condemn and criticize. Dad may feel that for years his drinking has placed him on the wrong side of every argument, but that now he has become a superior person with God on his side. If the family persists in criticism, this fallacy may take a still greater hold on father. Instead of treating the family as he should, he may retreat further into himself and feel he has spiritual justification for so doing. Though the family does not fully agree with dad's spiritual activities, they should let him have his head. Even if he displays a certain amount of neglect, and irresponsibility towards the family, it is well to let him go as far as he likes in helping other alcoholics. During those first days of convalescence, this will do more to ensure his sobriety than anything else. What did you say? (laughs) Convalescence.
2: During those first days of convalescence, that, this will do more to ensure his sobriety than anything else, working with others.
8: Mm. Though some of his manifestations are alarming and disagreeable, we think Dad will be on a firmer foundation than the man who is placing business or professional success ahead of spiritual development. He will be less likely to drink again, and anything is preferable to that. Those of us who have spent much time in the world of spiritual make-believe have eventually seen the childishness of it. This dream world has been replaced by a great sense of purpose, accompanied by a growing consciousness of the power of God in our lives. Hi. We have come to believe he would like us to keep our heads in the clouds with him, but that our feet ought to be firmly planted on earth. That is where our fellow travelers are, and that is where our work must be done. These are the realities for us. We have found nothing incompatible between a powerful spiritual experience and a life of sane and happy usefulness. And our
2: questions are going to be started in this next paragraph.
8: One more suggestion. Whether the family has spiritual convictions or not, they may do well to examine the principles by which the alcoholic member is trying to live. They can hardly fail to approve these simple principles, though the head of the house still fails somewhat in practicing them. Nothing will help the man who is off on a spiritual tangent so much as the wife who adopts a sane spiritual program, making a better practice, practical use of it. There will be other profound changes in the household. Liquor incapa- inca- incapacitated father for so many years that mother became head of the house. She met these res- ris- wow responsibilities gallantly. By force of circumstances, she was often obliged to treat father as a sick or wayward child. Even when he wanted to assert himself, he could not, for his drinking placed him constantly in the wrong. Mother made all the plans and gave the directions. When sober, father usually obeyed. Thus mother, through no fault of her own, became accustomed to wearing the family trousers. Father, coming suddenly to life again, often begins to assert himself. This means trouble unless the family watches for these tendencies in each other and comes to a friendly agreement about them. Drinking isolates most homes from the outside world. Father may have laid aside for years all normal activities, clubs, civic duties, sports. When he renews interest in such things, a feeling of jealousy may arise. The family may feel they hold a mortgage on dad so big that no equity should be left for outsiders. Instead of developing new channels of activity for themselves, mother and children demand that he stay home and make up the deficiency. At the beginning, the couple ought to frankly face the fact that each will have to yield here and there if the family is going to play an effective part in the new life. Father will necessarily spend much time with other alcoholics, but this activity should be balanced. New acquaintances who know nothing of alcoholism might be made in thoughtful consideration given their needs. The problems of the community might engage attention. Though the family has no religious connections, they may wish to make contact with or take membership in a religious body. Alcoholics who have derided religious people would be helped by such contacts, being put Possessed of a spiritual experience, the alcoholic will find he has much in common with these people, though he may differ with them on many matters. If he does not argue about religion, he will make new friends and is sure to find new avenues of usefulness and pleasure. He and his family can be a bright spot in such congregations. He may bring new hope and new courage to many a priest, minister, or rabbi who gives his all to minister to our troubled world. We intend the foregoing as a helpful suggestion only. So far as we are concerned, there is nothing uh, obligatory about it. As non-denominational people, we cannot make up others' minds for them. Each individual should consult his own conscience. We have been speaking to you of serious, sometimes tragic things. We have been dealing with alcohol in its worst aspect, but we aren't a glum lot. If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. We absolutely insist on enjoying life. We try not to indulge in cynicism over the state of the nations, nor do we carry the world's troubles on our shoulders. When we see a man sinking into the mire that is alcoholism, we give him first aid and place what we have at his disposal. For his sake, we do recount and almost relive the horrors of our past— but those of us who have tried to shoulder the entire burden and trouble of others find we are soon overcome by them.
9: So
2: we actually read about two pages more than we were supposed to, <laughs> which is kind of cool of because it's like this really good getting us into the place. Did you want to get a quick glass of water? Because you got another page and a half I, to go. No, I'm good. You're good. Yeah. OK, but who can relate to some of this information we've read so far? Imagine the family members who had no experience whatsoever with this change a life that dad's going through you know now they can sort of like amongst themselves talk about dad and his change you know and and not in a negative way but you know dad's in this phase or dad's in this phase and and, and they're also getting well you know we talked about this in early in early aa when when a before aa became i don't know institutionalized we're meeting in in clubhouses and buildings and stuff like that they were meeting people's houses you know, it was, it was this, this family disease and a family family solution. So the, the alcoholics, husband or wife or uncle or aunt, you know, they're in the one part of the house, probably the living room. You know how we take things over. You know, we're, we're in our room. We're doing, you know, the big book talking and, and working and helping each other in, the, in that part of the house. And then the, the family members are in another house, out on the porch or in the pantry or in the kitchen because there'd be less of them working. But both sides of the family are getting help and being brought to God. So we've been able to experience a lot of that in reading this. Now we're just going to read a, he's going to start cap. I love how Bill is, he he, he throws the problem out. He throws some solution. Then he gives examples of what that may be like. And then he sums it all up. So the next page and a half that we're going to read as she takes us out is going to be summing it all up. So pay attention. Um, Got some questions when we get to that point. It's a great time to do that. So are we ready?
8: Yep. So we think cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness. Outsiders are sometimes (coughs) shocked when we burst into merriment over a seemingly tragic experience out of the past. But why shouldn't we laugh? We have recovered and have been given the power to help others. Everybody knows that those in bad health and those who seldom play do not laugh much. So So let each family play together or separately as much as their circumstances warrant. We are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. We cannot subscribe to the belief that this life is a veil of tears, though it once was just that for many of us. But it is clear that we made our own misery. God didn't do it. Avoid, then, the deliberate manufacture of misery. But if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize it as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. Now about health. A body badly burned by alcohol does not often recover overnight, nor do twisted thinking and depression vanish in a twinkling. We are convinced that a spiritual mode of living is a most powerful health restorative. We who have recovered from serious drinking are miracles of mental health. But we have seen remarkable transformations in our bodies. Hardly one of our crowd now shows any remark of dissipation. But this does not mean that we disregard human health measures. God has abundantly supplied this world with fine doctors, psychologists, and practitioners of various kinds. Do not hesitate to take your health problems to such persons. Most of them give freely of themselves that their fellows may enjoy sounds, minds, and bodies. Try to remember that though God has wrought miracles among us, we should never belittle a good doctor or psychiatrist. Their services are often indispensable in treating a newcomer and in following his case afterward. One of the many doctors who had the opportunity of reading this book in manuscript form told us that the use of sweets was often helpful, of course depending upon a doctor's advice. He thought all alcoholics should constantly have chocolate available for its quick energy value at times of fatigue. He added that occasionally in the night of night, a vague craving arose which would be satisfied by candy. Most, many of us have noticed a tendency to eat sweets and have found this practice beneficial. A word about sex relations. Alcohol is so sexually stimulating to some men that they have overindulged. Couples are occasionally dismayed to find that when drinking is stopped, the man tends to be impotent. Unless the reason is understood, there may be an emotional upset. Some of us had this experience only to enjoy in a few months a finer intimacy than ever. There should be no hesitancy in consulting a doctor or psychologist if the condition persists. We do not know of many cases where this difficulty lasted long. The alcoholic may find it hard to reestablish friendly relations with his children. Their young minds were impressionable while he was drinking Without saying so, they may quarterly hate him for what he has done to them and to their mother. The children are sometimes dominated by a pathetic hardness and cynicism. They cannot seem to forgive and forget. This may hang on for months, long after their mother has accepted dad's new way of living and thinking. In time, they will see that he is a new man, and in their own way, they will let him know it. When this happens, they can be invited to join in morning meditation and then they can take part in the daily discussion without rancor or bias. From that point on, progress will be rapid. Marvelous results often follow such a reunion. Whether the family goes on a spiritual basis or not, the alcoholic member has to if he would recover. The others must be convinced of his new status beyond the shadow of a doubt. Seeing is believing to most families who have lived with a drinker. Here is a case in point. One of our friends is a heavy smoker and coffee drinker. There was no doubt he overindulged. Seeing this and meaning to be helpful, his wife commenced to admonish him about it. He admitted he was overdoing these things, but frankly said that he was not ready to stop. His wife is one of those persons who really feels there is something rather sinful about these commodities. So she nagged, and her intolerance finally threw him into a fit of anger. He got drunk. Of course our friend was wrong, dead wrong. He had to painfully admit that and his spiritual fences, though he is now a most effective member of Alcoholics Anonymous. He still smokes and drinks coffee, but neither his wife nor anyone else stands in judgment. She sees she was wrong to make a burning issue out of such a matter when his more serious ailments were being rapidly cured. We have three little mottos, which are apropos. Here they are. First things first, live and let live. Easy does it.
2: That's a good bumper sticker, ain't it?
8: Mm-hmm.
2: Is that word apropos? <laughs> apropos? That's apropos. 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 I said apropos, apropos. too. A few times. Apropos. It's the popos got the red light.
8: <laughs> Can I get an apropos? Okay.
2: So we got Fred offered to take the questioning tonight. So we're going to yes. start on page 132. That, so we think so here we listen have, well, let's start at this one. This is a good one to start from
1: did, did do that so one? right here
2: yeah i think so let's get that thing all right very so good gonna, reading by the way
1: Thank you. we're going to start at the middle of 132 where it says we have been speaking Handheld. held all right what have we been speaking of mice you ready ryan Mm-hmm. what have we been speaking of so far
6: we've been speaking to you of serious sometimes tragic things
1: specifically we have been dealing with what We've been dealing with alcohol in its worst aspect. Well, we sure aren't what?
5: But we aren't a glum
1: lot. What would happen to newcomers if they didn't see the fun we have? If newcomers could, could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. What is it we really insist on?
10: We absolutely insist on enjoying life.
1: We try to not... In- this is a two-part question. We try not to indulge in pessimism over what? Part B, nor do we try to shoulder what? We try not to indulge in cynicism over the state of the nations,
2: nor do we carry the world's troubles on our shoulders. And we're on page one thirty two.
1: First big paragraph. All right, when we see a suffering alcoholic, what do we do?
5: When we see a man sinking into the mere... Mirror- that is, an alcoholism, we give him first aid and place what we have at his disposal.
1: For his benefit, what do we do? For, for his sake, we do recount and almost relive the horrors of our past. But, but what do we not do?
11: But those of us of who have tried to shoulder the entire burden and trouble of others find we are soon overcome by them.
9: Great. Next paragraph. <clears throat> what do we think is useful? So we think cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness.
1: How do Outs- some How do Outs- some outsiders react to our stories?
8: Outsiders are sometimes shocked when we are burst into merriment over a seemingly tragic experience out of the past.
1: We should be able to do what? You got that one. But why shouldn't we laugh? Why is this?
8: We have recovered and have been given the power to help others.
1: Comment, what greater promise could we hope for than the one just stated? Next paragraph, everybody knows one thing. What is it?
12: Everybody knows that those in bad health and those who seldom play do not laugh much.
1: So what should each family do?
10: So let each family play together or separately as much as their circumstances warrant.
1: Okay, we're on page 133. Of what are we?
10: We are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free.
1: Comment. Notice in the middle of page 132 what we insist on and now what we are sure God wants for us. We have been in agreement all the time. We just didn't know how to get his endorsement. Now we do. Next question. We cannot subscribe
11: to what? We cannot subscribe to the belief that this life is a veil of tears, though it once was just that for many of us. What is now clear? but it is clear that we made our own misery. All right, this is going to
1: take the rest of the paragraph out. It's a two-part question. To some of us, it came as a surprise to learn what. What are we to avoid? And But if it does come, how do we treat it? God didn't do it. Avoid then the deliberate manufacture of misery. But if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize it as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence." Next paragraph, what about a body that has been badly abused by drinking?
5: Now about health. A body badly burned by alcohol does not often recover overnight, nor do twisted thinking and depression vanish in a twinkle. Of what are we convinced?
13: We are convinced
8: that, sp- that a spiritual mode of living is the most powerful health restorative.
1: What are recovered alcoholics?
9: We who, are con- we who are have recovered from a seriously drinking are miracles of mental health.
2: Notice they use the word "recovered" a lot
9: in this part of the in the book.
4: What have we seen? Well, we have seen remarkable transformations in our body.
1: This is the last Hi. sentence of the paragraph? It says, "Recovered alcoholics rarely display what."
13: Hardly one of our crowd now shows any mark of dissipation.
1: Next paragraph, but this does not mean what? But this. But this does not mean that we disregard human health measures.
14: We have an abundance of what? God has abundantly supplied this world with fine doctors, psychologists, and practitioners of various kinds. We should not hesitate to do what?
11: Do not hesitate to take your health primes to such persons. Most of them
1: in the past would do what? Most of them give freely of themselves that their fellows may enjoy sounds, minds, and bodies could you read what was that Fred read what that was that was good the question again the answer most of them in the past would do what most of them would give freely of themselves that their fellows may enjoy sound minds and bodies I like that
5: um
6: what should we remember not to do try to remember that though God has wrought miracles among us we should never belittle a good doctor or psychiatrist
1: Last sentence. What do we find their services to be?
9: (laughs) Their services are often indispensable in treating a newcomer and in following his case afterwards. This is going to be the last paragraph of the page. What did one doctor have
1: to say about this book?
8: One of the many doctors who had the opportunity of reading this book in manuscript form, told us that the one the use of sweets was often helpful. And, of course, depending upon the doctor's advice, he thought all alcoholics should constantly have chocolate available for its quick energy value at the times of fatigue.
1: Thanks. Okay. Um, okay. Do you know where we are, sir? What did he suggest? Why did he suggest this?
14: He added that occasionally in the night a vague craving arose which would be satisfied by candy.
1: This guy's got it. Thank you. Perfect. We're on track. Paying attention. What have many of us noticed?
5: Many of us have noticed a tendency to eat sweets and have found this practice beneficial.
1: All right. So we're going to be on the next paragraph. Now, about what? A word about sex relations. What does alcohol do to the sexual appetite of some?
10: Alcohol is so sexually stimulating to some men that they have overindulged.
1: In, in early sobriety, what may some of us encounter?
11: Couples are occasionally dismayed to find that when drinking is
5: stopped, man tends to be impotent.
1: May this be an upsetting situation?
5: Unless the reason is understood, there may be an emotional upset. Some who have experienced this later found what? Some of us had this experience
4: only to enjoy in a few months a finer intimacy than ever. Whom should
1: we not hesitate to consult?
15: There should be no hesitancy in consulting a doctor or
10: psychologist if the condition persists.
1: Is this condition usually permanent?
10: If we do not know many cases where the difficulty lasted long.
1: Next paragraph. How many things go with the children?
12: The alcoholic may find it hard to reestablish friendly relations with his children.
1: Why may that be?
12: Their young minds were, in, were
8: impressionable
10: while he was drinking.
1: Even though they don't say it, how may they feel? Without saying so, they may cordially hate him for what he has done to them and to their mother. Perhaps some sweets or chocolate. By what are some children dominated?
8: The children are sometimes dominated by pathetic hardness and cynicism.
5: What is it they may have trouble doing? They cannot seem to forgive and forget.
1: Will this attitude change rapidly?
5: This may hang on for
4: months long after their mother has accepted dad's new way of living and thinking.
1: Next paragraph, it's a three-part question. What, What will they see in time? Part A, when this began to happen, what is a good idea? And what will probably happen then?
11: In time, they will see that he is a new man, and in their own way, they will let him know it. Uh, When this happens, they can be invited to join in morning meditation, and that they can take part in the daily discussion without rancor or bias.
1: All right. Um, What kind of results can be expected? Two sentences. From that point on, progress will be rapid. Marvelous results often follow such a reunion. Top of page 135. What must the alcoholic do regardless of what others do?
14: Whether the family goes on a spiritual basis or not, the alcoholic member has to if he would recover.
1: Of what must they be convinced? The others must be convinced of his new status beyond the shadow of a doubt. Comment. Remember on page 83 we were told that the road of reconstruction will be a long one, but we must take the lead by giving our program day by day. What... Um, what will it take to make believers of them?
13: Seeing is believing to most families who have lived with a drinker.
2: Yeah, we need to walk the
1: walk, don't we? Quick comment. Most, if not all of us, have broken promise after promise after promise. They have been patient with us for a while. We must now be patient with them. We are at the next paragraph. What examples are we given here?
4: Here's a case in point. One of our friends is a heavy smoker and coffee drinker.
1: What other faults did this alcoholic have?
0: There was no doubt he overindulged. Yep.
1: <clears throat> what did his wife have to say about this?
0: Seeing this as a mean to
1: be helpful, his wife commenced to adon- admonish him about it. He admitted he was overdoing these things, but frankly said that
11: he was not ready to stop.
1: Next. What was his response?
11: He admitted he was overdoing these things, but frankly said he was not ready to stop.
1: Hmm. Are we on track? Yeah, he, did,
2: he caught us up. He's really great at that. Next.
1: What did his wife continue to do?
2: His wife is one of, one of those persons who really feels there is something rather sinful about these commodities. So she nagged and her intolerance finally threw
1: him into a fit of anger. What did he do to get even with her? He got drunk. That will show her. Next paragraph. Was this the wrong thing to do?
4: Of course, our friend was wrong, dead wrong.
1: All right, two-part question. What did he do about it? Although he recovered, what did he do? What would appear his wife may have adopted the al Would it appear
5: that his wife may have adopted the Al-Anon way of life? He had to painfully admit that and mend his spiritual offenses. Boom. Pass it. Um, Yeah, keep going all the way. Though he is not a most effective member of Alcoholics Anonymous, he still smokes and drinks coffee, but neither his wife nor anyone else stands in judgment.
1: All right, so this is going to be the last sentence of this paragraph. What else, what was she able to see? see? She sees she was wrong to make a burning judgment. A burning issue? Oh, I missed that. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. She sees she was wrong to make a burning issue out of such a matter when his more serious ailments were being rapidly cured. Okay, we have three mottos. What three mottos are given here?
10: First things first, live and let live, easy does it.
1: All right. Let's open up for oh, comments, questions, concerns. Does anybody have any spiritual experience with this that they would like to share on? Well, hi.
8: Hi. <laughs> Marina recovered alcoholic. Hey, Marina. Um so I I married someone who's also a recovered alcoholic and I inherited two little stepdaughters, uh an 11-year-old and a 16-year-old. And um typically I wouldn't share, you know, on on his life and past behaviors, but it does affect me now cuz I am their stepmother. So um, my husband, you know, he he caused a lot of havoc and damage in my stepdaughter's lives, and um, you know I wasn't there for it. I never witnessed it myself, but they were there, or rather not, because he just abandoned them. And um, you know, because of the gifts of this fellowship, he was able to rekindle those relationships where he now has them in their lives and um we get them in the summer so his 16-year-old daughter she she is with us right now and um we're very open and transparent you know that we're alcoholics they're very much involved in our lives they'll come to meetings and um we don't hold anything from them and they have forgiven him but it's true they don't forget and you can see that in their eyes sometimes you know and it's sad but You know, we just explained that their dad was sick. And this weekend, we we took his 16-year-old to the Fellowship of the Spirit. And that was a God moment because I know this little girl um, is hurt, you know? I know a lot of you women are probably hurt because of your childhood traumas. And I know myself. I know what's in her heart. So I was really grateful that they had an Al-Anon speaker there. And she was, like, really curious about it. And she was totally engaged and afterwards, she was asking questions about allotene and everything. And I literally got goosebumps because this is, like, all I've ever wanted for her, somebody to, to be able to get everything out and share with. And then um, one quick story is um, yesterday we went to a barbecue and we fellowship with some other um, uh, recovered alcoholics. And she was saying, she's like, hey, Dad, she's like, why is nobody drinking at this barbecue? Like, Mom has barbecues, but everybody drinks. Yeah. So he's like, well, you know, they're alcoholics. So she starts pointing out people in the room. What about them? Are they alcoholics? He's like, yeah. Well, she doesn't look like an alcoholic. What about him? And she's pointing to everybody in the room. And then there happens to be one woman there who's an Al-Anon. And she, she noticed. And she was like, what about her? Is she an alcoholic? He's like, no, she, she's an Al-Anon. So she scoots over. And she's like, so you don't drink either? You're not an alcoholic either? hi, I'm hi, and introduces herself, and it was so funny, but, um, you know, they're they're so innocent, but I'm grateful for this fellowship, and Al-Anon for sure. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> what a
2: great story, huh? And it's so cool that you went to a, a conference that was Al-Anon alcoholic-based, right. you know, to bring a, a child into just AA meetings. They're not seeing their side. They don't relate. Right. You know, they just, they'd see... We can be selfishly saying, "Oh, I bring my kids to Amy, so they learn." It's like, but you don't learn what you learn in Alan. Alanon's like the opposite side of the window. Right. They see how we work. So the fact that she that she get that oh, yeah. meet that person, you can get her into some Alanon maybe or Alateen yeah. or something yep. like that.
13: Yeah. And what what a great it.
2: speakers we had for the Alanon of folks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, when I'm thinking about that, it's funny you bring that up because the way that I would go through the program of recovery is not the way that my family would. Right. Uh, I grew up in a step family, and my previous. Other family, the step families they had grown up with an alcoholic mom who was a real hardcore alcoholic, a lot of problems. And I didn't know it, but my sister was like a secret uh, Al-Anon you know, black belt. In high school <laughs> Junior here, she's pulling me out of this stuff, and I, I always wondered why, and then I figured out why she was always calling me out. Why are your eyes red and stuff at lunches <laughs> and meal, meals and stuff like that? She didn't take my crap at all because she knew, she knew about this stuff. In order to deal with this, it's important to know about what's going on here hi young man
9: don't have to yell it's amplified hi i'm recovered alcoholic and my name is peter
7: hey peter um
9: i just love what was just shared right now and um reflecting on what was just said um i think about i don't remember like where that promise is but um it says in the book you know um have your house in order and all these, you know, amazing things will follow in your life. And, um, you know, for the last couple of years, like, I've been working at this. And um, thank God, like, you know, for sponsorship and you guys um, um, teaching me, you know, how to live this, this, um, this way of life. Um, and definitely already, like, you know, some amazing things have been happening in my life. Um, my apartment is definitely not in order needs like real, but inside, you know, um, some things have, you know, come in order and, um, you know, by God's grace, um, and some amazing things are following as a result of that. Um, much work still needs to be done. Um, by, by far done, you know, um, have a long way to go, but, um, I'm getting better, you know, and, um, as a result, My relationships are getting better. Um, My work ethic is getting better. Um, My dog is getting better. (laughs) You know, it's just amazing. It really is. Um, But, you know, sometimes I still find it troublesome, you know, um, with the worldly clamors that that arise in my head every now and again. And um, I I forget that... um, God, you know, has delivered me from my alcoholism once again and has given me a new opportunity at this way of life. And um, I just want to thank this group so much for helping me to um, stay on the path. Who has learned a little bit about
2: themselves by reading this past couple chapters? Something you didn't know before, right? It's like how they think and see us because we just get all of a sudden we put down the drink. We're magnificent. Is your hand going up to agree or to share? And agree. Thank you. How are you tonight?
11: Nice to see you here. I both agree and share. My name's Tommy and I am an alcoholic. Hey, Tommy. Hey, Tommy. So, last three lines. First things first, regardless of what goes on in my family life, I have to mind my recovery and stay sober. First things first, my recovery comes first. I have to live my life. And I have to allow others to live theirs. Just because I came into a program of recovery does not mean that other people in my life are going to magically start living on spiritual principles. You know? Especially, like, early in recovery, um, the job that I was working, you know, those people were not in recovery. There were people that I used to drink with, you know? So I had to live my life separately from what they were doing outside of work because I still have bills to pay. I still had to make my rent money. I still had to do whatever else, you know. But I also had to live my life and let them live theirs. And then easy does it. I just got to stop taking myself so serious all the time, you know, one day at a time, sometimes one hour at a time, regardless, you know, easy does it. Recovery first. Thank you
2: page 133 uh, now about health a body badly burned by alcohol does not recover overnight nor do twisted thinking and depression vanish in a twinkling something we read in the previous page nothing was so much sure immunity from alcohol and intensively working with other alcoholics Bill. Bill's story You know, when, when the doo-doo hit the fan nothing seemed to work better than him going down to the hospital and helping and working with another you know and this is priming the family to realize, you know, dad's going to be in the middle of the conversation. All of a sudden, get that look in his eye and make a phone call and out the door he goes. Because, you know, the conversation's getting a little bit heated, uh, getting a little too deep. And he knows where he needs to do in order to, to, to prevent it from progressing to the drink. You know, instead of like having to share about our day, let's go work with a newcomer. Ow, I'm going to get a new knee, I think. Here we go.
1: <laughs> we have Chris at the hand up over here.
2: Oh, and so does Tanisha.
7: Yeah. Hey,
10: Tanisha Recovered Alcoholic. I just want to touch on like two things on page 133 that stood out to me a lot. And I've had, you know, tons of experience with it. It was the sentence at the bottom of the first paragraph. Um, Avoid then the deliberate manufacture of misery. But if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize it as an opportunity to demonstrate his om- omnipotence. And that stood out to me because it's like telling me to minimize my problems and to maximize my higher power. And that for me goes for everything from my family life to my friends, to my job, to even like with sponsorship. Um, Everywhere I go, you know, there's always going to be a problem. It's like, it's my attitude. It's my reaction to life. And you know, making my higher power everything um, has, you know, been a big part. Um, At the beginning of my recovery, I have a lot of monuments where, you know, I overcame, you know, or with the help of God, I overcame a lot of issues and obstacles or barriers that were blocking me from recovery. And, you know, it's part of this fellowship that helps us, you know, to develop this relationship with a new higher power, you know, differently than the way that we thought of a higher power before. And um, the second point that I like to point out is, you know, um, this whole, you know, doctor, psychologists, practitioners, you know, various kinds. I too, I went to a therapist as well. There was a lot of issues that, you know, my sponsor couldn't tackle because, you know, I had to seek professional help. You know, even for a moment in time, like, I had to be on antidepressants. I had to, I needed help sleeping. I couldn't sleep all throughout the night, you know. And, of course, you know, I followed doctor's orders, and I let them know, you know, hey, I think it's time, you know, I feel comfortable enough to just deal with it on my own and rely on my higher power. And that's just me. That's my story, you know. Because I I even, like, remember hearing a saying, because now I go to church, right? (laughs) And so, um, I remember my pastor even like mentioning if you're giving if you're willing to give man's medicine a try, you know, be willing to at least give God's medicine a try. And I don't mean to just put out God, you know, out there, whatever higher power you choose. Just be willing to give this program a try as well. So that's all I got. Thanks. Thanks Thank you, you
14: for we'll run over to Chris. We'll Hey, I'm I'm Chris. I'm a recovered alcoholic. Hey, Chris. Um, you know, it's really amazing to me how you can be in in the same on the same page in the book and different phases of your life and recovery and get a completely different lesson out of out of it. And you read something new every every time. Sometimes, and uh, I think it was maybe a year or so ago that I first discovered page 133. And there was this speaker that was talking about the connection between step 11. We have. Uh, the second half of step 11 says, you know, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry it out. And sometimes it's just as simple as, okay, well, what is God's will for me? Sometimes that can seem really confusing and daunting. And it says it here. We are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. And so I, I felt like that was really a revelation. And it's like, yeah, you know, that is God's will for me. And how do I get there? Right? Intensive work with other alcoholics, self-sacrifice, ego deflation. And, um, and right below this, while this is going on, you know, I, I should say I, I spent a lot of time in the in the world of spiritual make believe. Uh, early on, you know, pretty much as soon as I was released from treatment and got sober, I stopped all of my medications cold turkey. I was like being treated for depression, and I was said, well, you know, if God can cure alcoholism, He can cure my depression, and which was very irresponsible and, and crazy. And my sponsor warned me against it. And, uh, and but for the next 18 months, I, I did suffer through, I mean, I, I felt like I was having a great recovery, but in reality I was dealing with that. And it says here, um, depression doesn't vanish in a twinkling and that it didn't vanish for me in a twinkling either. I mean, the the alcoholism and, and the drinking and drug addiction did vanish and, and thank God that's a miracle of mental health. But it says right below on the same page, which I, which I had discovered, um, we don't disregard human health measures, and God has supplied this world with fine doctors, psychologists, and practitioners of various kinds. So, you know, if I, if I had really gotten deeper into the page uh, when I was first introduced to it, I'm, I'm sure I could have been a lot more useful. Um, but, you know, we, we, learn, we learn these things when, when we're ready to see them sometimes. And, uh, you know, I just thank God that, that every time we read this, um, you know, if I have an open mind, then I'm able to experience something new and learn something that I can apply. Thanks.
2: Who Thanks. among us have had family members that have stuck through us from the dark times to the woo-woo times to the times that we actually get recovered? So this is this is great for us on how we can look at what we put them through, you know? How, the, the, the stuff, that, the appreciation we can have to them for being so kind and concerned. Fred, how does your family deal with you nowadays? How have
1: they changed since... Fred, pre-recovery to where you are today? So, I mean, in the beginning, my family would kind of give me my space and not know how to handle me. Um, And then I think through time and God transforming my life is when they started coming to me for certain things um, in areas of my life.
2: Have you affected their life?
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, My mom started going to Al-Anon. My brother... um, handle situations much differently. Not to say I'm the one who changed their life, you know, cause I didn't change their life at all, but they have changed. Yes. I have changed. So do they sleep better? I hope so.
2: Yeah. Isn't that, who, <laughs> like when somebody's worried about somebody, does that affect your sleep? Oh, yeah. Imagine what it was like for our family members, knowing that what we're doing to ourselves. And then now that we're, we're getting better, Best gift you can give to a family member is a good night's sleep, right? Congratulations. Thank you for reading. Let's give her a round of applause.
1: Hey, from A Vision for You, page 164. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But you obviously cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and for countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to
2: Him and to your fellows. Clear away the records of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you'll surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny.
1: It is the practice of the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group for group member sponsors to introduce their new sponsees by presenting them with a sponsorship medallion. That
2: was awesome. He did good with that. Um, in, in English, if you're a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and you, are, and you have a new sponsee that you just picked up, you want to introduce them to the rest of us, You know, this is the time where we present a medallion. Anybody in that category tonight? Good. Let's bring some new sponsees next
1: week. Uh, Is there anyone celebrating a year more of sobriety that would like a medallion tonight? How about someone next... Is somebody next week going to have a
2: a year anniversary from today to next Monday? Anybody? Great. Well, if you do and you're shy, let us know. We'll get you a a generic medallion. Is there...
1: (laughs) Dollar Tree, <laughs> Okay, is anyone in need of a big book sponsor? Who wants please. a
2: sponsor? Raise your hand. If you don't have a sponsor, this is you don't. You shouldn't leave it without one. Don't be got shy. Some good people here, and nice people. We got, got a gal over here that needs one. Gal.
1: If you would Folks, like to become, get, get we got a couple of gals in that area right now. If you would like to become a member of this group, please join us after the meeting to fill out a membership card. It's not that hard, is it? No. Can Name. Home- Phone number, email. Checking, routing. Can all home
2: group members raise your hands that are going to stick around and help tear down? Cool. Gotcha. (laughs) Great to see you here tonight. After the meeting, we'll help tear down the room. What's going on this Thursday? Right.
1: So session 11, we have Allie B doing a session session on step 11. Um, She's doing a great job. Please come see her. It starts at 715 in the same building downstairs. Just walk to the left in the fellowship hall.
2: Home group members show up 515 to help set up. Fellowship, get to know newcomers. Newcomers show up, get to know us, see what we're really like. You know, get to talk to us a little bit. Um, if you guys could please wait 75 feet from the door before you light up or, or charge. What do you call it? Zap up that charge up. The... Uh,
1: zap up that. Zap up Is that, that, that
2: type thing. Yeah. <sighs> so we're going we're gonna to close with the Lord's prayer. And thanks. By the way, we completed... To the family effort, Let's give that a round of applause. Now, some of you guys might work in, a, in an industry or a business, big business, small business, and you might have a, a manager, a co-worker that's, that's in, a, in a managerial position that might be interested about alcoholics and Alcoholics Anonymous and stuff like this. This is the perfect opportunity to invite them this to the Monday night for the next few weeks. It's some great advice on how to deal with us. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to you wanna give some, because we've had people ask us, how do I handle my alcoholic employees? I say, well, why don't you come and find out? Because for the next few weeks, we're going to be reading. Somebody,
1: somebody at work, um, John, um, somebody at our job was dealing with an alcoholic, and it's a perfect example of it. John was armed with this. and
2: From a, from a position right, of it, knowledge.
1: And it, somebody reached out to John because he's in AA. So he yeah. didn't work, have to uh, give him a
2: bumper sticker. He actually right. gave him some information that right. meant
1: something. Right.
2: Good. Okay.
1: All right. Let's close with the Lord's Prayer.
2: Who will bring us from shame to grace if we ask? Our Father. All All Thursday and next week. Remember, bring it up, lawyer. Godspeed.
15: Heart is heavy, shoulder's thirsty, body's aching. I am desperately feeling the of the
16: This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine.
12: belt is so I face each day in a brand new way show up and plug in my guitar and I play my songs and people sing along and stomp their feet and raise their arms Good, <laughs> come that song is. God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye.